find yourself with some free time, but you're so tired that you end up just mindlessly scrolling because you don't have the brain space or energy or motivation to actually do anything besides just do something mind-numbing. And it's fun for a little bit while you're mindlessly scrolling or mindlessly watching a show, but then you realize that you haven't done anything that's actually fun or really recharged, and then it just leaves you feeling more blah. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing having fun as an adult, both why it matters and realistic ways to make it happen. Also, don't forget to sign up for this month's workshop, How to Stop Wasting Your Free Time Mindlessly Scrolling, where you will let go of any guilt associated with mindlessly scrolling and then create a personalized plan that's guaranteed to help you live a more fulfilling life, even if you're in a stage of life that's exhausting and busy. These workshops are really fun because not only do you receive expert advice, but you also get to bounce ideas off of other people that are in a similar stage of life and learn what's working for them. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you here today, and I'm really excited to be talking about fun. And before we get into why having fun matters and how to actually make it happen, I want to talk about what fun actually is. So there's a really awesome book by Katherine Price, and it's called The Power of Fun. And it's really interesting because she spends a good chunk of the first part of the book talking about how our phones and social media get in the way of us having true fun. And so she breaks down fun into three different categories. The first one is fake fun. So this is like doom scrolling on your phone or binging a show. So like Not when you're at the beginning when you're really enjoying the show, but like when you just keep watching episodes and you're just like not even there anymore. That's what she defines as fake fun. And then what she really focuses most of the book on is true fun. And there are three elements of true fun. First is playfulness. The second is connection. So it doesn't have to, but more likely than not, true fun involves other people. And then the third element of true fun is flow. So if you've heard of this concept, it's like where you're so into what you're doing that you're not thinking about other things. Like time just flies by and you're not like, you're not distracted because you're just having so much fun and you're really in the moment, I guess. And then the third type of fun that she talks about is somewhere in between true fun and fake fun. So these are things that are truly enjoyable So things like reading, painting your nails, taking a nap, watching your favorite TV show. Like for me, every night while I put my baby to bed, I have my designated mindless scroll time on Instagram. So I would say for me, that's truly enjoyable, my time on Instagram then, but it's not true fun. So throughout this episode, I'll be talking both about true fun with those three elements of playfulness, connection, and flow. And then I'll also be talking about that in-between fun. So things that are truly enjoyable, but maybe not that full-on 
true fun. All right, let's get into why having fun matters and what the benefits are. So as a little girl, I was taught that once I finished my chores, then I could play. And that was awesome as a child. And I think there really are sound principles and learning how to work before you play. But as an adult, that doesn't work for me anymore because my work is never really finished, right? There's like always something else to do. And so for me, I've realized that if I don't plan to have fun and play, like if I don't put fun things on my to-do list and I try to live by that, like trying to get everything done before I do fun things, then I just end up feeling burned out and I end up just scrolling mindlessly on my phone instead because my mind and my body needs a break from that work. So if I don't give myself a break, then it'll take a break by doing something like mindlessly scrolling, which is not how I want to use my free time or my break time. I'd rather do something that's more rejuvenating. And it can be really hard when you have a lot to do and you're really busy and you're tired. It can be really hard to feel like having fun is more important than the things on your to-do list. But I want to share some of the benefits that come from prioritizing fun in our life. So relieve stress, improves brain function, stimulates the mind and boosts creativity, improves relationships and your connection with others, helps you be more productive, helps you be less resentful, you have more energy, you find community, and you have more of a sense of purpose. So when I hear these benefits of prioritizing true fun, I think to myself, like, why why do I ever think that it's not important to do this? Like, why don't we prioritize fun more? And I think it's because it takes time and it takes motivation. So let's talk about some tips to actually have more fun. And we're going to really get into realistic ways to do this because it can be easier said than done to actually have more fun in your life. Okay, so the first tip to help you have more fun as an adult is to make space. You're probably not surprised that the first thing that I'm going to bring up is mindless time on your phone is probably taking up more time than you or I even realize. And a really simple way to make more space for fun in our life is to reduce the amount of time that we're spending on our phones. Our workshop tomorrow is actually going to be all about this. It's called How to Stop Wasting Your Free Time Mindlessly Scrolling. And we really get into simple, realistic ways to stop wasting your free time mindlessly scrolling. And spots are limited, so if by the time you go to sign up it's filled up, make sure to get on my email list and you'll be the first to know about next month's workshop because we hold monthly workshops about similar topics. And I'll make sure to include the link to both the workshop and my email list in the show notes. Okay, this idea of making space for fun our lives. So Once we've eliminated or at least reduced the amount of mindless scrolling we do, that frees up a lot of time. And we really do have more time than we think, but we have to set boundaries around fun time. So it's really easy to just say, oh my gosh, I'm just so busy. I just go from this thing to this thing to this thing. And I I totally feel that way. 
But when I really take a step back, it's more just I'm choosing that those things that are keeping me busy are more important than fun. So in order to like flip this, we need to put fun near the top of our priority list and set boundaries around that time to have fun. And when you've set a boundary around having fun, it's so much easier to get into that state of flow because you're not thinking about all the things you should be doing during that time or even you want to be doing because you have this designated time that's for having fun. So for me, I don't do chores or housework while my kids are napping. And this is not how you have to do things. But for me, I was realizing that I was just getting so burnt out by taking care of my kids all day and then using nap time to do housework that I set a really strict boundary that during nap time, I don't do any housework except for maybe like putting things that in the fridge that need to be refrigerated after lunchtime. But other than that, like I leave the house messy. I leave tasks undone because that's my time to work on mindful with media. And it's been so good for me and for my kids because I'm not so burned out and I don't end up just mindlessly scrolling during that time because I'm avoiding those things that I don't want to do. Another example of making space for fun and and setting boundaries around fun time, I'm in a place right now where I want to be more clear about what my evenings look like because currently after the kids go to sleep, I have a little bit of time to myself and I often feel overwhelmed by how I want to spend that precious time. Should I clean the kitchen and finish the housework I didn't get to that day? Or should I relax and take a bath and read a book and go to bed early? Or should I go have some true fun with friends, like go out to dessert or join a book club? Or should I get some work done on Mindful With Media? Because I have to decide every night, it's not clear in my mind what I'll do, then it it wastes more energy, right? Because I don't have a clear plan of how I want to use that time. So it can help to have boundaries around how to use that time, whether that's for me time, work, housework, true fun, whatever it is. The second tip that can help you to actually have true fun as an adult is to define what fun looks like for you personally. Fun will look different for everyone If you've been around here for a minute, then you know one of my big things is that we're all different and there is not one right way to do things. So to define what's fun for you, think back on a moment or a time, just a memory that you have that was just so fun. And then after you have that memory in your mind, think about who was there, what were you doing, and where you were. So I'm going to give an example. The first memory that came to mind when I thought of a memory that was just so fun was when I was in high school. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I was in high school. And in the summer, I hiked Mount Timpanogos in Utah with my sister and my brother and one of my cousins. And it's like a 15-mile hike, I think, something like that. So we got to the peak, and then instead of sliding back down, or instead of hiking back down the normal way, we decided to slide down the glacier part. And I remember 
sliding down. I think my brother had like a GoPro or something and just like giggling. I was just so giddy because it was so fun. It was playful. I was connecting with other people and I was completely in flow. I was not thinking about anything else. That was so fun for me. And fun is a feeling, not an activity. So you could be doing the exact same thing. And one time it could be really true fun. And another time it could be not as fun, right? Like, (laughs) so to find out what's fun for you, it's really helpful to think of a few of these memories that were just so fun. And then identify, like I said, who was there, what you were doing and where you were and see if there's some like common people or places or activities that help you to feel fun. So some other ones that come to mind for me are I've run one marathon and I just happened to have a good race day that day. If you're a runner, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're feeling great and sometimes you wake up and you're not feeling so great. So I happened to wake up on a good day and I remember I got to like, I think it was mile 20 or something, which is where most people hit the wall. But my brother was there watching with his wife and my brother started running with me for a little bit. And I was just giddy. Like I was on a high. It was so fun to just be running this marathon with my brother. And another example is I ran cross country in high school and we would go to a camp every summer. We called it high altitude camp. Yeah, we called it high altitude camp. And we would do lots of workouts and then lots of, you know, just camping, playing on the lake, games. And those memories were just so fun for me. So as I'm sharing these experiences, my idea of fun might sound like torture to you. It might not sound fun at all. And that's how it's supposed to be. Things that are really fun for you probably aren't really fun for me. So I think like a lot of people that are close to me love going to concerts and I just don't love concerts. They're just not so fun for me, but that could totally be a source of true fun for you. And I just want to emphasize that again, that fun looks different for everyone. So to find out what's fun for you, Think back on some memories that are just so fun and then identify the common factors. So the examples I shared are things that are like that true fun. I also think it's important to identify some activities that fit into the, like that in-between type of fun. That's like those enjoyable things. I shared examples of reading or taking a nap or painting your nails, things like that. Um, Because I really do think it's important to have a good mix of both true fun and also that enjoyable in-between fun. And again, these enjoyable in-between fun things will look different for everyone. So like for me, I am a weirdo. And even since I was a little girl, I just have not loved watching movies or shows. I don't know. I just haven't never really enjoyed it. It's never been really fun for me. But I know that my husband, that's really fun for him. That's one of his favorite ways to relax and rejuvenate and have that enjoyable in-between type of fun. I love reading clean romance books. That's one of my favorite ways to have enjoyable time to myself before I go to bed. And I'll share the 
a blog post in the show notes of some of my favorite clean romance books. And I'll also share in the show notes, I have a blog post about 24 fun things to do when you're bored. And that includes some ideas that are both like true fun and also some more like in-between fun ideas. Okay, so after you've made space for fun and then you've defined what's fun for you personally, then it's really helpful to plan things that hold you accountable. So if you're like me, you need to take any brain space out of planning fun because you're so tired and you don't have enough brain space to plan new fun things all the time. Else it won't ever happen and you'll end up just mindlessly scrolling on your phone because I have totally been there. So in order to take out like the brain space or the energy and not like reinventing the wheel every time you want to have fun, you need to plan it so that other people hold you accountable. And I don't mean just like having an accountability partner that's like checking in on you that making that's making sure you're having fun, but like literally having people wait for you, especially because one of the elements of true fun is connection. And so you're way more likely to have true fun if you're doing things with other people. An example of this, I think I've shared this before. I recently started a running group because I love running. And like I shared in my examples of true fun, some common elements for me of having true fun are moving my body, being outside and being with other people. And so running is a a place of true fun for me. Again, I know I'm kind of weird and crazy in a lot of ways. But um, so I started this running group because I was having a really hard time being motivated to actually get out the door and go running. And I said, okay, these days and these times, I'm going to be running every week. And you can join this group me and invite anyone you know that wants to come as well. And so even if nobody shows up for that, I am held accountable to actually get out and go running because I need to be ready to go just in case. And I don't have to like rethink about it every day of, oh, am I going to go running or not? Or when should I go running? Like I just already have it planned into my schedule. My husband knows when I'm going to be going. So he doesn't plan things at those times. It's just already locked in. And also as part of this, planning things to hold you accountable is planning it into your schedule, right? Like it needs to be on your calendar of fun time. It doesn't have to be long, this time to have fun. I think it can be easy to think like, oh, I need to block out like an hour or a few hours or whatever it is. But an example is last weekend, Matt and I were doing an at-home date and I was really tired. Like I honestly just wanted to go to bed, but we had committed to this date. And so it was only like maybe 20 minutes and we both just took an Enneagram test. I'm going to say that wrong, but like the Enneagram numbers. Anyways, we both took an Enneagram test while we were laying in bed and then we talked about what our Enneagram numbers were and it was so fun and it was so simple and it was so easy. So I think fun doesn't have to be long. It can literally just be 10 minutes and keep your eyes open for a blog post about ways to have fun in 10 minutes or less. Some other examples of ways to plan things that actually hold you accountable. Maybe you want to do a weekly date with your spouse. So instead of reinventing the wheel every week, you could 
start a babysitting swap. Maybe you find another couple that also wants to do a date every week. And so every other week you trade off watching each other's kids and that holds you accountable, right? Because you already have a babysitter and they're planning on it. So that makes means that you have to get out and do something. Or maybe you hire a regular babysitter that every Friday night they will watch your kids. And so you don't have to reinvent the wheel every week of finding a babysitter. You can actually just have fun every week. Another example of this is my parents are part of a dinner discussion group. So the way that this works is there's several couples that are part of this dinner discussion group. And I think it's once a month, one of the couples will host and will provide the dinner. And then another couple will choose a topic or an article, usually something like a hot topic. And instead of everyone having to read a whole book or something, everyone just reads this article. And then they come together and they eat dinner and they discuss this this hard topic. And because it's already planned, they have fun. And again, I'll, I'll link in the show notes several more ideas in my blog post, 24 fun things to do when you're bored. The idea of having fun can feel like an extra thing to do. And it can feel like we don't have the time or energy to have fun. But I truly believe that we don't have the time or energy not to have fun. Because having fun makes you more productive and it energizes you. And the less unintentional time you spend on your phone, the more true fun you'll be able to have. And the opposite's also true. The more true fun you have, the less time you'll waste on your phone. So remember these three points. Make space for fun. And if you need help reducing the amount of free time you waste on your phone, then join the workshop. Find out what's fun for you personally by thinking back on memories and identifying common factors. And then plan things so that you don't waste so much brain space and time and energy every single time you want to have fun. And also, if you're good at doing big things that are fun, then head over to my Instagram and let me know what works for you because I'm really good at having fun on the daily and weekly basis. But as far as big fun, I could definitely use help in that area. Thank you so much for joining the Mindful With Media podcast today. I had so much fun and I hope you can go have some more fun too. I'll talk with you next week. I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, Technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We're in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today, and I'll see you next week.